Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Worcester Talking Newspaper, brought to you by Worcester News and Equipment Service for the Blind. We have the permission of the Worcester News. And we are aiming to um, uh, produce our recordings for anyone who is unable to read newspaper. We're recording on Thursday, October the 6th, 2022. I'm Elizabeth Hill and the team this week is our engineer Barry Hurd and round the table reading with me is Kate Hudman and Sue Perry. The admin uh, team is Carol Hartle, Jean Burbeck, Sheila Pugh and Jean and Paul Atkinson. Music is by Sheila Joins and the thought for the week from Keir Aldis for which we thank all of you. A warm welcome to any new listeners. Not only is the recording available on the memory sticks posted out to you weekly, but can be heard online as a podcast and via one of those new listening devices. We hope you enjoy our offering, which we hope will inform, educate and entertain. The service is quite free to users. We are a registered charity. If you would like to make a donation, however, it can be included in your wallet or sent to Colin Chance House, Wilds Lane, WYLDS, in Worcester, WR5 1DA. And a warm and sincere thank you for anyone who has made a donation recently. We do appreciate feedback, compliments or complaints. Put a note in your wallet or leave a message on the answer phone 01905 and I will read out some useful telephone numbers in a few minutes. Um, I would like to say um, we do have quite a lot of notices to start with, but it seems useful to put them. It's a bit like an index at the beginning of the recording. Um, if you wish to skip something, you can fast forward. There is a button on your boom box. If you have difficulty finding that button, um, it has a, a double arrow on it. Um, and maybe either yourself or get someone else to put a dab of blue tack on it so that you can find it easily um, and then you can skip to the it will skip to the next item um, so if there are things that you don't want to to listen to then um, that's absolutely fine uh, but as I say it does seem appropriate to have things at the beginning it, um, in addition to the weekly recordings, which we began in 1978, we do have an extensive library of talking books. So let us know what you are interested in um, and put your choice in a, in a wallet, your particular genre. Um, I will say that an audit was done recently and 72 uh, talking books were actually missing mm. so um, they do have one of our stickers on yellow stickers um, if you happen to um, find any we'd be quite grateful to have those back please um, every couple of months there's also a magazine containing a variety of subject matter as you as you would expect um, if you'd like to receive that again please ring us leave a message or put a note in your wallet and, um, <coughs> excuse me, so we are going to have um, useful telephone numbers. Um, we are going to tell you what's on in the local theatres, open the birthday book, 
read the headlines from the past week with the sunrise and sunset times. And after the headline stories will be items from the past week. And at the very end, after the final music, will be the obituaries and thought for the week. This week has been quite busy and has predominantly featured events happening at Six Ways with Worcester Warriors and uh, Worcester City Council car parks. So uh, what I've done is picked out a selection of both of those items um, through the week so that we don't want to overload you too much with those but at least we can chart the developments um, that have happened over the past week. Um, I have actually been caught up in the uh, parking debacle uh, and it has been very frustrating and time-consuming. Um, I'd also at this point like to apologise for a lack of recording a couple of weeks ago. We just didn't have any engineers. Um, I did ask um, BBC Hereford and Worcester to put out a, a note, which I think uh, Malcolm Boyden did on the Friday morning, um, explaining the situation. Um, but how many of you heard that? I really don't know, but um, we are dependent on volunteers and if volunteers aren't here then I'm sorry we can't do it it's the first time I think we've had to cancel in that sort of situation um, and it was through people being away or unwell uh, secondly we are at the mercy of the post office and last week you would have had a late delivery of your wallet more strikes are planned for the 13th and 20th of October both of which are Thursdays and could affect um, the return wallets coming into the office for processing. Um, two more on the 15th of October, which is a Tuesday, and at the end of November, the 28th, which is a Monday. So all of those issues will impact on wallets coming and going. So if there is an interruption um, in the flow, then I'm sorry, but we are unable to do anything about that. Um, useful telephone numbers. So here at Colin Chance House, Worcester, 01905 767766. We're not here all the time. Please leave a message on the answer phone. The Worcester Hub, again Worcester, 765765. NHS Direct, if you're unwell, is treble one. For an out-of-hours GP service between 6.30pm and 8am is 0300-123-3211. For Worcester City Council here to help, it's a Worcester number again and it's 768053 and you choose option 3. If you are linked to BT and have unwanted telephone calls, you can dial 1572 and follow the instructions. Crime Stoppers for reporting crime anonymously is 0800 one. If you want a visit from the Community Fire Risk Team to check um, fire safety in your home, um, like fire alarms and things, it's 0800 the domestic abuse helpline is 0800 980 331.
for site concern, Worcester number 723245. For Sense Adventures, it's 07920144614. And County Council Walking for Health, Worcester again, 766155. Uh, Worcester wheels uh, for transport between 8am and 4.30pm. Worcester again, 450654. Uh, Worcester theatres, Swan Theatre and Huntington Hall is Worcester 611427. Malvern Festival Theatre, 01684 Norbury Theatre in Droitwich is a Worcester code, double seven zero one five seven, and a gardening group on Fridays at Link Nurseries at Powick for visually impaired is Worcester eight three one eight eight one. It's five pounds a session on Fridays between ten and twelve thirty. You get the uh, bus number forty four from Crown Gate and get off at the Crown Pub at Powick. Um, if I've said any of those too quickly, my apologies. Um, but you can not just fast forward, but you can also rewind. So it's the back button. So I'm now going to ask uh, Sue if she will open the birthday book, please. <laughs> and we only have um, one birthday um, this week that we know of. And um, it's... Evelyn Brock's birthday on the 15th of October. So mm-hmm. happy birthday to Evelyn. Mm. Happy birthday. From all of us. Yeah, happy Lovely. birthday, Thank Evelyn. You. Yep. Um, and so, um, Kate, can you tell us what's on, please, in the local theatres? I can. Um, <clears throat> this is Malvern Theatre, which you've just had the telephone number for. Um, so we have on the uh, 8th of October, oh gosh, that's only two days, um, The Greatest Hits of Motown. Uh, so if that's your thing, <laughs> it's, uh, it's going to be noisy, I would think, but uh, Lionel Richie, Temptations, Stevie Wonder, uh, Smokey Robinson, and, and so on and so forth. Wonderful lineup. Um, and that is uh, on 8th of October at 7.45 in Malvern. Then uh, the ELO uh, tribute show, <clears throat> Jeff Lynn and the ELO. Um, also, if it's if it's kind of music that you like, which uh, is you all well always was very good. That's on the twenty first of October, uh, Friday, and that's at seven forty five. Um, so that's uh, Malvern box office for tickets for that. And then uh, we have in uh, on the twenty fifth to the twenty ninth of October, six, which is. Uh, Oh, it's uh, was on Broadway and then into the West End, an international smash hit musical. Um, this is, uh, you know, not to be missed. Really, it's just wonderful, and the singing and dancing are, are incredible. Uh, wonderful reviews, um, and that is on, uh, as I said, twenty fifth to 29th. Um, so contact the box office for that. That's oh one six eight four eight nine double two double seven. Uh, and then we go to the Worcester Theatres. Um, now we have um, f- uh, the Vesta Tilly Studio, Perfect Pitch. Now this is on the 12th 
to the 15th of October at 7.45 and this is the St John's Players who have been going for many, many years mm. and are always extremely good. So that's, uh, if, you, if that's your thing, then that's, that's good. Um, then the Pitman Poets... Uh, these are musicians, really funny and good, good light-hearted, um, and they, they sing very humorous songs from northeast, the northeast they come from, um, and they are on on the thirteenth of October at seven thirty p.m. and that's at Huntingdon Hall. Back to the Swan on the fourteenth of October, we have Winter's Wine Tasting. Um, now that is uh, that's Friends of the Swan are hosting that. There'll be uh, wines, canapes, cheese and biscuits. So that sounds like a really nice, you know, sort of convivial evening with lots of people there all talking about different things and just gen a general get-together of everyone. But uh, if you like wine, then that's your place to be. Um, then we have the King of Swing with Ray Quinn. Uh, this is on the 15th of October. Uh, it's the next day. And that's again at the Swan Theatre. Um, and that is... Um, uh, it says celebrating the music of Sammy Davis Jr., Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra and many more. Um, and that is usually very, very good. I think I've actually been to one of those. So I, I do know that that is good. Uh, so 15th of October for that. Then if you're more um, into um, acoustic uh, guitar, classical um, and timeless, uh, general folk type stuff. This is there's Hannah Saunders and Ben Savage on Sunday the 16th um, of October at Huntingdon Hall. This is, um, and they they will be singing together Hannah, Hannah and Ben, and they are they are very good, very lovely harmonies those two. Then we have um, on the 18th of October to the 22nd. Back at the Swan again, Worcester Operatic and Dramatic Society's production of Our House. Um, there are Saturday matinees with that as well. Um, I don't think I need to introduce you to the Operatic and Dramatic Society. They've been going for many, many years. So that will be extremely good if you're able to, to uh, enjoy that. Um, then back to Huntingdon Hall on the 20th of October, we have um, the Huntingdon Hall Comedy Club. This is a riot um, and this is very, very funny. With There are four different comedians coming along to that and they will be telling their jokes and, and um, making you laugh until it hurts, it says here. So that would be something perhaps to bear in mind if you want cheering up and uh, everybody likes a bit of a laugh now and again. So that's the 20th of October at Huntingdon Hall. Um, Norbury Theatre in Droitwich. Um, now, what have we got here? Right, um, October, uh, what date is that? The 12th to the 15th, Piccadilly Songs from the Stage. Oh, that sounds, sounds good. Um, Phantom of the Opera, Wicked, Miss Saigon, Crazy for You, Matilda. Oh, it goes on on Sound of Music. Um, so that sounds really good. That would be, uh, you know, maybe up your street. That is um, on... Uh, at uh, 7.30pm and that's at the Norbury Theatre and that's on at the 12th to the 15th of October. It doesn't say about matinees but I'm, if you ring them I'm sure they will tell you about that. Their telephone number is 01905 770154 um, and the, the, um, what else have we got here? The other thing to draw your attention to perhaps is uh, on the 29th of October, a murder mystery play. Um, that's, uh, oh, yeah, that's called, it just says murder mystery, the play. Um, 
every drama group has experienced the horrors of what can go wrong on opening night. So that sounds like a real, uh, you know, one of these um, gripping the seat type things. So um, it may well be your type of thing as well. So um, those are the ones to, to sort of be bear in mind anyway. Okay. Um, thank this. you very much. We found another birthday. Oh, <laughs> yes, wonderful. We found two more, actually. Mm. Oh. And um, on the 12th of October, Alan Steadman mm. had a birthday. Mm. Um, so happy birthday to Alan. Yes. And happy also birthday. on... That's next week. Pardon? That's next week. It's next week. On the 12th. Yeah. The 6th so of that's, October. That's it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's okay. it. Um, yeah. And on the um, 13th of October, sorry, mm. the 15th of October, Connie Blower has a birthday. Yeah. So yeah. happy birthday to you, Connie. Yeah. Mm, happy birthday. Happy birthday again. Thank you. Thanks. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Lovely. Um, right. So now I think we have the headline story, Sunrise and Sunset, please. OK. Right. The headlines this mm. week, starting with last Friday, uh, charged 33 times. Parking errors hit 1,500. Track faces investigation after crash. Fatal crash. Sort out this mess. We deserve to know the truth. And the sunrise at the moment is 7.18am and sunset 6.30pm. Thank you very much. And with the first of the headline stories now is Kate. Thank you. A council has a council has admitted faulty parking machines have been incorrectly taking multiple payments, which have hit scores of drivers in the pocket. Some people have been wrongly charged hundreds of pounds. With Worcester City Council now saying drivers are being charged for car park sessions they never used. Initially, the council believed the technical issue was caused by card payments being processed late. Drivers have been told to contact their bank in the first instance, although some have said they are reporting it as a fraud. It is not the first time there have been problems with the council's car park payment machines, as we revealed a similar issue in September of last year. Rod Barlow, a sales and business development manager, thought his bank account had been hacked after he noticed money dripping out of his account. Mr Barlow frequently uses Newport Street car park on Saturday afternoons to pick his wife up from work. He said between £180 and £200 has been taken out of his account after 33 transactions have been made since Tuesday. He said, I realised I'd gone into my overdraft and I knew that didn't sound right. I have never parked in St Martin's Gate, but the tickets are addressed to that car park. My first reaction was I thought I was being scammed and I contacted my bank immediately. They told me they can't stop the money from going out because the money is being taken out from a preset date. It is frustrating when you see money dripping out of your account. Nobody is going to park in the same car park nine times a day. I'm physically seeing money going out of my account and it's just the fact that it's multiple transactions every day. Mr Barlow said he sent all the relevant information to the council to ensure he has, he has a refund but he had not heard anything at all back. A spokesperson from Worcester City Council said we have been assured that no further duplicate payments are being processed. We are working closely with the card payment processor and the card machine operator to get to the bottom of this issue. 
Whilst the cause of the problem is not yet clear, the council would like to assure customers that all incorrect payments <coughs> will be refunded as soon as we are able. And th this is the headline from um, Saturday, and its parking errors hit 1,500. A man who has so far been charged £760 from duplicated parking charges has been forced to cancel all of his cards just as he sets off on holiday. Mm. Andy Gin, or Gin, sorry, a chef at the Oil Basin pub, is still being charged duplicate times for parking in city council car parks in Worcester after a fault saw more than a thousand people overcharged for parking. He parks on either Newport Street or Copenhagen Street three times a week but has received hundreds of pounds of charges. During his up-and-coming holiday to Greece, Mr Gwynne will be reliant on his partner's money as he has been forced to cancel all these cards. He said, I'm really stressed. I don't know what to be checking my bank every morning while I'm on holiday, but it's been four days now that every morning I've seen money coming out for payments that I haven't authorised. I have sort of resigned myself to the fact that there is absolutely nothing I can do until the council resolve this, but when will that be? For it to still be happening is a joke. Why haven't they put a block on everything? All of Mr Gwynne's bank accounts are now overdrawn and transactions are continuing to come out of his accounts despite them being cancelled. He received a voicemail from Worcester City Council telling him it was aware of the situation and apologising for the inconvenience. It added that the provider would refund all of the duplicate transactions but they did not give Mr Gwynne a, gay, a date. He added, this is creeping up to 200 transactions. It's insane. The council response is really poor. I hope that they compensate people. I have spent three days on the phone to the bank. It's not just the money that has been lost. It's people's time and inconvenience. The stress that this has caused me and my family is terrible. My heating and electricity bill has gone up £100 this month and I am having to cope with that on top of all of this. Mm. And Mon yeah. Monday's headline story um, concerns actually um, uh, an accident in Starport on 7, but it was, as I say, the headline on Monday. An off-roading track on a farm where two people have died could be investigated by the authorities. Jake Allen, aged nine, died following a 4x4 crash at Coney Green Farm in Starport on Severn. It is the second death at the course after Andrew John Cooper was killed in an off-roading crash at the same site in 2007. Mr Cooper, aged 29, was a passenger in the car and taken by air ambulance to Selioak Hospital in Birmingham where he later died from his injuries. A 15-year-old driving the vehicle survived but suffered head injuries. The teenage boy suffered head injuries when the Land Rover rolled over on the dirt track. He was taken to Worcestershire Royal Hospital as a precaution. That's the latest one, actually. Onlookers tried to assist Mr Cooper, sorry, but he was later pronounced dead at Selioak Hospital, Birmingham. Meanwhile, 
The Health and Safety Executive has not ruled out carrying out an investigation into the site following Saturday's crash. Simon Wilkes, Head of Regulatory Services, said the police are set to carry out initial reviews before potentially progressing to a health and safety investigation. He said, as far as we understand, the police will review what has happened initially and, depending on their findings, it may then move to a health and safety at work investigation. This would be carried out by Worcestershire Regulatory Services, the shared service operated by the six district councils in Worcestershire, including Wire Forest District Council. Following his death, Jake's family paid tribute to their sweet and loving boy. Jake's family said, We're all completely devastated by the loss of our Jakey. He was such a kind, respectful and loving little boy. When he wasn't making videos with his sister Lily Louise, he was always offering to help out around the house. He could seem serious and quiet at first, but then he would break out into the most beautiful smile and with those close to him he was warm and chatty. West Mercia Police is looking to speak with anyone who witnessed the incident or has information that could help. Information can be reported via the West Mercia Police website uh, or by calling 101. Uh, the Worcester News had attempted to contact the owner of Coney Green Farm, but not yet there has been no response. On Tuesday, a man killed in city crash. A man died after a crash between a motorbike and a car on a city road. The 46-year-old man from Ferryside, Carmarthenshire, died after a crash between a motorbike and a dark green seat at the junction of Henwick Road and Oldby Road. Paramedics said they had sent multiple ambulances and an air ambulance, which arrived at the scene just before 2pm on Monday. Two other people were treated at the scene. Henwick Road and a section of Albury Road were closed while emergency services investigated the scene as the Worcester News went to press. Emergency services started leaving the scene just before 3.30pm, but the road was expected to remain closed for some hours. An eyewitness, who lives on the road, said, I heard a bang, so I went out to see what had happened. I saw a group of girls get out of a police van crying. West Midlands Ambulance Service said, We were called to reports of a collision between a car and a motorbike at the junction of Oldbury Road and Henwick Road at 1.55pm. We have three ambulances and a paramedic office officer and the Midlands Air Ambulance from Strensham in attendance. And this is Wednesday's headline. Cab drivers who have been fined for Ill illegal parking say they are being penalised because the council is doing nothing to fix the mess in the city's taxi ranks. Taxi drivers in Worcester have been fined by West Mercia Police for parking outside the city's designated taxi ranks, but the drivers have laid the blame on Worcester City Council for failing to stop private hire taxis from clogging up the city's roads. Taxi ranks in Fourgate Street and St Swithin Street are regularly overflowing and cabs waiting outside the ranks for revellers leaving clubs and bars in the narrow new street have led to fines from police. City taxi driver Mohammed Sajad told councillors that loopholes in the law which allowed taxis 
handed a licence from any council in the country to ply their trade in Worcester meant upwards of 250 taxis were descending on the city at most weekends, forcing the city's hackney cab drivers, <coughs> excuse me, who had been given taxi licences from Worcester City Council to park for passengers, which meant that they were running the risk of fines from police. Councillor Simon Cronin said the council was letting down taxi drivers who were continually having to risk a fine from police because they were not being provided with somewhere to park. I actually made a request at the last meeting, committee meeting in June that enforcement should actively be carried out to stop the misuse of the ranks, which at that time was an occasional problem. But through the summer, that enforcement hasn't happened. We now have some very serious problems. The, the ranks in New Street are routinely blocked up with private vehicles and taxi drivers are being ticketed by the police because they are over-ranking onto double yellow lines, he told the Licensing and Environmental Health Committee at a meeting in the Guildhall on September the 27th. Our taxi provision in this city is being hampered by misuse of the ranks. It is causing problems for citizens who can't find taxis and the taxis can't stop anywhere near where they are expected to be because those places are blocked and they are afraid of getting tickets. Worcester City Council were, were unavailable for comment. Um, today's headline regarding warriors, and we do have a couple more stories, um, two or three more stories actually following this, um, but the latest update. Uh, the community has reacted with sadness and anger as part of Worcester Warriors was wound up on Wednesday. Players and staff had their contracts terminated after a court took 22 seconds to wind up a company which holds the player contracts. Owners Colin Goldring and Jason Whittingham were not present at the hearing. Worcester MP Robin Walker said he was sad for the staff and expressed his anger at the no-show from the Warriors directors. Mr Walker said, I am gutted for Worcester Warriors players. Outraged, the directors didn't even bother to turn up to court. Urging administrators to do all they can to get the club through this and restore professional rugby to six ways and urging PRL and RFU, don't take the P-share and give us a route back. The winding up order means that contracts are automatically cancelled for all staff and players who will now all be able to find, hopefully, new jobs. Previously, Mr Walker expressed his personal revulsion towards Worcester Warriors' current owners after claims they had not paid back a half-million-pound loan to Cecil, Cecil Duckworth's family. Mr Duckworth was the club's benefactor for many years. His Majesty's Revenue and Customs is pursuing the Warriors for unpaid tax in the region of £6 million. While Worcester are in administration, the company that holds player and some staff contracts, WRFC Players Limited, a subsidiary of WRFC Trading Limited, had been operational and was the subject of HMRC's action. 
Judge Nicholas Briggs made an order winding up the WRFC Players Limited at an insolvency and companies court hearing on Wednesday. Because they had not been paid for September, all players are able to leave on October the 14th, meaning that liquidation has simply brought their departure forward by nine days. City Councillor Lucy Hodgson and her husband, Councillor Stephen Hodgson, have been season ticket holders for about 20 years. Councillor Lucy Hodgson said, It is very, very disappointing. It's just devastating, really. Lots of people around here go to the games and they are season ticket holders. I think I'm quite numb, really, and not quite believing it. I was Mayor of Worcester in... 2008 and through to nine and the club was so generous to me i had a lovely time and i have lots of nice memories with the club so this is a real real shame city councillor and rugby fan richard udall is calling for an investigation into what happened to the club he said this morning i have written to julian knight mp who is chair of the DCMS Select Committee. I have asked him to consider opening an investigation into what happened at Worcester Warriors and to ensure it can't happen again to another club. We deserve to know the truth. Twitter user Maximus Arvo said, Pretty devastated to see the situation at Worcester Warriors, to be honest. I've a fond memory or two of visiting Six Ways with my family as a kid and had been following the team's fortunes, well, misfortunes would probably be more apt, more closely over recent years. Very sad news. Lucy Pretty said, It is a sad day for Rugby Union with everything that's happened at Worcester Warriors. Got to feel for all players, men and women, plus staff as well. They've been treated so poorly. Shame on Goldring and Whittingham for letting such a great club sink so low. Owain Jones said, I'm really quite angry about the Worcester Warriors situation. Sorry for the players and staff, but sorry for the schools and clubs that feed into that club. The rugby pathway around the area detonated. Eight Wales women squad members now without a job too. A dark day for rugby. Rebecca Gerrard said, My heart absolutely breaks for Worcester Warriors. Careers and lives ruined from staff to players. Awful stuff. And now we have a few more um, items, starting with Monday. There was uproar within Worcester and the wider rugby community over the weekend as Warriors owners seemed to take aim at the club's players and supporters in an apology letter. Their letter addressed the club's financial woes and the owners and the owners apologised for all the emotional distress the situation has caused. Warriors were placed in administration shortly after being suspended from all competitions by the RFU on Monday evening. The letter then seemed to blame the players at the club for not accepting reductions in their salary as a reason for the financial problems. Worcester forward Murray McCullum spoke for many when he tweeted, I can see the players taking a pounding, but to go for the fans, the people that spend their hard-earned money at six ways, it's deplorable. 
the letter said we are sorry to you all that the club in this current position is in this current position and for the emotional distress this must have caused but we remain hopeful through the process of administration that the club can find a new owner and emerge in a stronger position in order to preserve rugby at six ways we are thankful to all the staff that supported the club through Covid in accepting a significant reduction in their salary, but sorry that the playing squad could not accept a similar level of reduction and in some players' instance would not accept any pay cut at all, despite our openness at the financial impact this would have on the club. About the supporters, they said, sorry there were not more, not nor enough of you on a regular basis to help make the club financially viable. We are thankful to all of the supporters who continue to support the club in any way they could, including many that donated their season ticket payment during the lockdown, and to the government for the furlough support that enabled us to keep every single staff member fully employed throughout the pandemic, where many clubs and businesses were making redundancies. In doing so, the club took on enormous debt, like so many others, but we felt it was the right thing to do. We are thankful to those supporters who turned up week in, week out to support the club, but so sorry that there were not more, nor enough of you on a regular basis to help make the club financially viable, despite the significant personal funds we put into the club. This um, is another rugby feature. Um, Premiership rivals Bath Rugby looks set to welcome four of Worcester Warriors' contingent to the club on month-long loan deals due to the Warriors being suspended from all rugby competition due to their financial situation players are having to look for game time elsewhere Worcester captain Ted Hill Ollie Lawrence Fergus Lee Warner Valerie Morozov are the quartet heading to the wreck for the next four weeks. They become the first of the side to move away from the club, although it is hoped they will still all return once the crisis at Six Ways is resolved. Director of Rugby Steve Diamond tweeted, The first four players, Ted, Ollie, Val and Ferg, go to Bath with our best wishes. Four tough lads. Thank you, Bath, for helping The players are free-spirited. They need to play. I will deal with the mess. Hopefully the boys will come home. Other members of the playing squad continue to assess their options. Renato Giamalero, who has not featured for the side, he signed in the summer as of yet due to visa issues and he is likely to be linked with a move to French top 14 side Bordeaux. Fellow Italian Haim Favor, who has played in all three Gallagher Premiership games this season for Worcester, is looking at a move to Australia. Kyle Hatherall has been away from the team since the season began and has been heavily rumoured for a move to France, La Rochelle in particular. It looks set to be another crucial few days for Warriors in their future, before their future will become a little clearer. Worcester Warriors captain Ted Hill has said his goodbye to his boyhood club with a string of emotional tweets. The skipper, who was confirmed as heading to Bath on loan for a month, seemingly announced that he will be leaving after the company that employs players and staff was liquidated. 
What an unbelievably sad day for everyone in Worcester, he said. A club which meant so much to everyone has gone the direction none of us wanted it to. A place where I played my rugby from 14 years of age and met so many people who mean so much to me and my family. There's been so many people to thank throughout my whole journey, starting off with Chim Gale and Nick Tisdale, who were my first coaches at Worcester and helped me not only to become the player I am, but also the person I am. Also Alan Solomons, who gave me my first Premiership start and later went on, went on to give me the amazing opportunity of captaining my hometown club. To all those guys, I am massively appreciative. Then to the current staff who have helped guide this group of players through such a difficult time and have done it with such poise and elegance throughout all the highs and lows. To my teammates, thank you for all the memories we have made together and they will be times I will never forget. And finally to the fans of Worcester, this is obviously not where any of us wanted this to end up. But the way you have the, the way you have supported us and the staff through through this whole saga has been unbelievable, and we're forever grateful for that. There will be nothing written for the people who put us in this situation, but to the governing bodies of rugby, something needs to change so that this doesn't happen to any club again. Thank you, Worcester, for everything. Further players have come out on social media to hint that their time at the club is up. Duhan van der Meri and Finn Smith were among those to bid farewell. Fly Half Smith has come through the ranks at Worcester and said absolutely devastating news about the club. An amazing club that has done so much for so many players, fans and staff. I joined Worcester age 13 and have made memories here that will last me a lifetime. Thank you for everything. Players and staff will now be in a position to find new clubs in order to find new careers. And the director of rugby, Steve Diamond, admits the 5th of October will forever go down as one of the darkest in the history of English rugby. Um, the company that employs all staff was wound up, as we've already said. It means that players and staff are unemployed. Diamond took to Twitter, like so many others, saying, this is the darkest day for English rugby. We thought we could turn the tanker around, but it's ended up like the Titanic, sadly. The ship has sunk. The captains are nowhere to be seen. The RFU stroke PRL band played in the background. There are a privileged few who have jobs. And now we just follow on with um, just a couple more articles more recently about the parking uh, errors. Worcester City Council has promised to repay every driver overcharged for parking in the city after a ticketing blunder has left hundreds out of pocket. Mm. At least 1,500 drivers are believed to have be been needlessly charged several times for parking in Worcester because of a problem over card payments. This includes some people who have been billed hundreds of pounds for a handful of layovers in the city's Copenhagen Street and St Martin's Gate car parks. Worcester City Council has said all duplicate payments would be refunded automatically by October the 7th and any bank fees incurred because of the blunder would also be repaid. 
The City Council blamed Flowbird, which runs the ticket machines on its behalf, for the disruption, saying it had released a month's worth of payments in one go after not charging cards for several weeks. The council said that after it had told Flowbird, it began sending through a month's worth of delayed payments to a different provider, Elevon, which is responsible for processing card payments, leading to the repeat charges. The council said it was then forced to tell Flowbird to stop sending through payments in a bid to stop the wave of overcharging. But despite reassurances that no more money would be taken after September the 29th, drivers have continued to be hit with more fees. Despite previous reassurances, Flowbird had again said that no payments have been sent to be processed since September the 29th. With the charges still continuing to appear, to appear at the weekend, Flowbird said the money being taken from people's accounts on September the 30th and October the 1st was caused by some banks taking longer to process payments than others. It was first revealed last Wednesday that several drivers had been charged multiple times at once for parking in Worcester due to a software issue. Refunds should be made automatically, but those who have not received the payment by October the 7th should contact the council by email parking at worcester.gov.uk with the subject refund not received and write refund not received in block capitals or by calling 01905 those who are also facing overdraft or other bank charges because of the ticketing faults should also contact the council by the same email address with the subject Request for Reimbursement of Bank Charges or by calling the same phone number. And this um, is another one about the chaos over car parking. Questions remain unanswered after a blunder that has seen more than a 1,000 drivers charged multiple times for parking in the city. At least 1,500 drivers are believed to have been needlessly charged several times for parking in Worcester because of an issue over card payments. Worcester City Council has not responded to questions about how much money it expects to have to pay back because of the blunder or why drivers were overcharged again just over a year after the same problem happened at the city's car parks. The council has also ignored a request to explain why some drivers were being charged for stays in car parks they had not made. The City Council said on Monday that all duplicate payments would be refunded automatically by October the 7th and any bank fees incurred because of the blunder would also be repaid. A similar problem just over a year ago saw drivers charged several times for stays in the City Council's car parks with many forced to pay for trips they had never uh, made. Many of those drivers hit by the unexpected string of payments have called for compensation from the council over the stress caused. Those who have been overcharged have not only been left out of pocket during a cost of living crisis but are also facing extra fees from banks after being forced to freeze and cancel debit cards to try and stop the payments um, and regain the money. The council blamed Flowbird which runs the ticket machines on its behalf for the disruption, saying it had released a month's worth of payments in one go after not charging cards for several weeks. 
the council had told Flowbird, which then began sending through a month's worth of delayed payments to a different provider, um, Elevon, sorry, which is responsible for processing card payments, leading to the repeat charges. Charges. The council said it was then forced to tell Flowbird to stop sending through payments in a bid to stop the wave of overcharging, but despite reassurances that no more money would be taken after September the 29th, drivers have continued to be hit with more fees. It was first revealed last Wednesday that several drivers had been charged multiple times at once for parking in Worcester due to a software issue. And now for some general news. The heartbroken family of an elderly dying woman targeted by vile thieves posing as nurses has branded the pair scum. The callous women claimed they were nurses to trick their way into the Droitwich home of their 93-year-old victim who is almost blind, deaf and suffers from serious mobility issues. They waited until the victim's daughter and son-in-law, themselves pensioners, were out food shopping before they carried out the sickening distraction burglary. After they rang her doorbell, frail Margaret, Margaret Price, who is receiving palliative care, struggled to reach the door, only to find the women already inside the porch. When she answered, the pair claimed to be nurses from the practice. One thief distracted the victim by making small talk picking up precious framed photos and telling her that she had a lovely family, trying to keep up the conversation. Meanwhile, the other thief went upstairs ransacking bedrooms in the three-bedroom semi-detached house in St Nicholas Street, Droitwich. When Mrs Price asked where the other woman was, she was told by the thief she was using the upstairs toilet as she had period problems. Even seasoned detectives have been shocked by the callousness of the distraction burglary, calling it despicable. Senior officers at West Mercia Police have found to leave no stone unturned in the hunt for those responsible. The thieves helped themselves to irreplaceable jewellery of tremendous sentimental value to the family, including necklaces, rings, watches and antique coins, some of which had belonged to late family members. Ella Robinson, the great-granddaughter of the 93-year-old victim, said, They're scum. They're disgusting people. My great-gran is very shaken up. She is blaming herself because she let them in. We have tried to reassure her it is not her fault. The thieves knew exactly what they were doing. I don't think there are any words to describe people like that. They clearly have no morals whatsoever. The 21-year-old mother of one, also from Droitwich, said the women even dressed in white clothes resembling nurses' tunics to make themselves look more convincing. However, Miss Robinson said the family was relieved her great-grandmother was not hurt and that the thieves did not get into the safe. She can't see, she can't hear, she can't get up really. She's very immobile, extremely poorly and frail, she said. The family returned home to find bedrooms turned upside down, leaving a complete mess. Also living at the same address are the victim's 69-year-old daughter, Beryl Robinson, and her husband, Daniel, aged 70. Stolen from Mrs Robinson were three pearl necklaces, 
one rare with coloured stones, three Pandora bracelets, all full with charms, one completely rose gold, a red ruby nine-carat gold cross, an assortment of rings and earrings, a necklace with a greenish-coloured stone from the Caribbean, a gold ring given to her by her late father, a tin of £2 coins worth £200, and bottles of perfume, many already open, but including a new unopened small bottle of Chanel No. 5. Her husband, Daniel Robinson, had his wedding ring stolen in the raid, which is unique, as it was almost cut in half in a work accident. Stolen from Mrs Price was a series of antique coins, two watches belonging to her late husband and a few pairs of gold earrings. Detective Inspector Dave Knight said, This is a fast-paced investigation and my aim is to identify and arrest these individuals at the earliest possible opportunity. I thank family members of the victim who have asked for information from the community through the Facebook site Spotted Droitwich. We have already had calls from the public in response to the Facebook post with vital information. Please trust me when I say that we will leave no stone unturned in our efforts to bring these offenders to justice. At this stage, we do not believe that the offenders live locally. DI Knight has also issued advice to people about checking the identity of anyone coming into an address and to put in place a plan with elderly loved ones, such as planning for them to call family or friends if they are unsure whether to let someone in. Anyone with any further information should call uh, 101 um, and anyone who sees suspicious activity should call treble 9. And again, it's a reminder for all of us not to let people we don't know into our homes. More than 50 people are currently in hospital in Worcestershire with COVID-19, according to the latest figures. The data from NHS England showed that 50 people, 58 people were in the care of Worcestershire Acute Hospitals NHS Trust on September the 28th. The figures which were released on Thursday the 29th showed that one person was in intensive care in hospital in Worcester with COVID-19. A total of 35 people were admitted to hospital with COVID-19 in the week up to September the 26th up by 206% when compared to the previous seven days. Nationally, a total of 7,024 people with coronavirus were in hospital with COVID-19 on September the 28th, according to NHS England. This is up 37% from 5,142 per week earlier and the week earlier and the highest figure since August the 19th. Patient levels topped 14,000 in mid-July at the peak of the wave of infection caused by the Omicron BA4 and BA5 subvariants of the virus, after which they started to fall steadily. But this decline came to a halt in mid-September. COVID-19 hospital data is currently published once a week on a Thursday. The latest figures show all the regions are recording a rise in patients with South West England back to levels last seen at the end of July. Numbers remain well below those reached during the early waves of the pandemic, however. The rate of COVID-19 hospital admissions is also increasing with 7.6 admissions per 100,000 people in the week to September the 25th, 
up from five the previous week. Rates are highest among people aged 85 and over at 82 per 100,000. This is up sharply from 49.4 and is the highest rate for this age group since mid-August. Around 6 in 10 patients who test positive for COVID-19 are being treated primarily for something else. They need to be isolated from patients who do not have COVID, putting extra pressure on hospital staff already struggling to clear a record backlog of treatment. Separate data from the Zoe Health study, which is based on symptoms reported by volunteers across the country, suggests an average of 1 in 32 people in the UK was likely to have symptomatic COVID-19 at the start of this week, with rates rising in all age groups. This is just uh, a reminder that um, you probably all know, but the flu vaccine and the COVID vaccines are available to everyone, um, all of you, uh, uh, and uh, you can contact your GP practice um, and they will advise you as to where you can go to get these vaccines or whether you can have them uh, given to you in your own home if uh, if that's um, something that would normally happen. But don't hesitate to uh, to do this. It's very, very important as the winter starts to come, to come upon us. Elderly and disabled people are at risk of falling off a high curb or tripping over tree roots as a couple call for urgent action. Edwin Gilbert of Sadler's Walk is worried that his disabled wife Hazel will trip and fall on the uneven pavement or take a tumble off the curb in Potter's Close unless something is done soon. However, Citizen Housing, which is responsible for the land, says work will begin in October to fix the path and bring in more signs. The 76-year-old, who is also concerned for other neighbours, said anything could happen if she falls. I'm worried about her falling over. I don't want anything to happen to me either. You only have to come out one day and slip, especially if it's icy. Mrs Gilbert, who is 75 and is registered disabled and suffers from heart problems using a walking stick to get around. The couple has now enlisted the help of Warnden Labour Councillor Jill Desiree, who has been in touch with landowners, Citizen Housing. At the moment, Mr Gilbert and his daughter help Mrs Gilbert down off the curb and she has to hang on to the side of her trolley. However, he also says it's an issue for people with pushchairs and anyone on mobility scooters. Born in Tolodine, Mr Gilbert said he and his wife had lived at the Terrace House for the last 43 years. The couple and others in the area have been supported by Councillor Desiree, who has been calling for landlords' citizen housing to induce, introduce a new footway crossing. Councillor Desiree said, I'm worried about someone hurting themselves. It's not right that people should be made to risk injury for the sake of having access to the car park. At the very least, they should put a hatched no parking sign across the existing footway crossing. To get to the existing footway crossing where the curb is dropped means negotiating a narrow, uneven path pathway beset by lumps and bumps caused by tree roots. The alternative is to take a risky shortcut, stepping off an 8-inch high curb. A spokesperson for Citizen 
said, the safety of our customers is our top priority and we are committed to working with them to ensure the areas are safe for them to use. We are aware of the concerns raised about the uneven path in Potter's Close and we have work planned to repair the uneven path that leads to the dropped curb. This work will be completed by the end of October. Large amounts of surplus soil for a flood defence to protect vulnerable homes will soon be moved into place, leading to road closures. Work uh, is starting today, Thursday, on moving surplus soil from the A4400 Southern Link Road to its new home in Seven Stoke, where it will be used to create a flood defence. Worcestershire County Council Highways said it will be moving surplus soil compound to the Environment Agency Flood Defence Scheme. The slip road from Teamside Way towards Poick will be closed weekdays for approximately three weeks to safely accommodate lorry movements. Several thousand cubic metres of material will begin to be moved by lorries and the process will take up to three weeks. Councillor Mark Bayliss, Cabinet Member with responsibility for economy, infrastructure and skills, said... I am delighted that we are able to donate soil from the Southern Link Road construction site to support the Environment Agency Flood Defence Scheme. This joined-up approach between the Worcestershire County Council and Environment Agency has made the scheme financially viable and has the added advantage of avoiding the transportation of surplus soil over long distances. To allow the removal of soil to take place, there will be lane closures in place on the slip road towards Malvern, off Poke Roundabout on weekdays, then removed at weekends. This is to allow the lorries to remove to manoeuvre safely. Once the soil has been removed, the storage area will need to be reinstated and temporary site entrance removed. And now we're just going to have a quick round robin of uh, some very short pieces. A, vi- oh, a video of a goat singing at Worcester Cathedral has gone viral, raking in over 150,000 views. It is fair to say Pablo from Atwell Farm could not contain his, its excitement during the animal blessing service at Worcester Cathedral. In a hilarious video, which has received almost 29,000 likes and 179,000 views on TikTok, people have been in hysterics over Pablo's behaviour. One commentator made a joke about what Pablo could have been thinking during his performance and said, Pablo, the acoustics are nice in here. Um, burglars kicked down shed door. A gang of burglars kicked in a shed door in broad daylight. West Mercia Police has launched an appeal for witnesses after a group of four young men broke into a shed in the middle of the day. The group, described as Asian males aged 16 to 18, are alleged to have forced entry into a shed at Fort Royal Park by kicking the door. They were reported to have been wearing blue gloves and dark clothing and were seen running away from the area, although it is not clear which direction they headed in. This is said to have happened at around 3.10 to 3.20pm on Saturday, October 1st. PCSO Ian Cadwallander said that it is unclear if anything had been taken.
Anyone with information about the break-in is asked to contact West Mercia Police online, quoting incident number 00390. Alternatively, information can be passed on anonymously to Crime Stoppers by calling 0800-555-111 or by visiting their website, crimestoppersuk.org. Now then, <coughs> we're in October. The nights are going to are drawing in. The clocks change at the end of the month and it's Halloween. After Dark Tours by Torchlight of the Commandery in Sidbury and Worcester are taking place this month. The tours for people aged 16 plus are a chance to discover the museum's ghostly secrets, hear about strange sightings and uncover the history of the building in a guided tour with a Halloween twist. Tours are running on Tuesday and Thursday evenings throughout October, which is the 11th, 12th, 18th, 20th and 25th at 6.30pm and 8.30pm. There is an accessible tour on Thursday, October the 20th at 5.30pm, which allows for extra time to move around the building. The cost is £14 per person. Booking is essential. A supermarket is, appe- is appealing against the decision to block it from making deliveries earlier in the morning. Aldi has asked Worcester City Council to approve plans to allow 6am deliveries to its Tybridge Street store, but the request was turned down by planners over fears it would be too disruptive for those living nearby. The supermarket is now appealing to the government's planning inspector to overturn the decision, which was made by the council's planning committee at the request of St John's councillor Richard Udall. The council's planning officer had recommended approving the change in delivery time. An open day at Deutwich Fire Station raised thousands of um, thousands for charities and good causes. An estimated one thousand five hundred to two thousand pounds. Oh, sorry, that's people attended the event on Saturday. Just under £2,000 was collected and this will be split between the Firefighters Charity, Droitwich Fire Cadets and a local food bank. The air ambulance were also present and collecting donations on the day. There were demonstrations of life-saving work by firefighters, including cutting cutting crews and use of the aerial ladder platform. Children also had the chance to look inside ambulances, police cars and fire engines. Mm. West Mercia Police has launched a new policing degree at the University of Worcester. Assistant Chief Constable Richard Cooper visited the university campus and welcomed the new cohort of students. And several police members attended to mark the occasion and speak to the students about a career in in policing. Assistant Chief Constable Cooper said, on behalf of West Mercia Police, I was delighted to open the course. Policing needs brilliant and compassionate people from all backgrounds. The job is hard, but it remains a privilege to serve, and the students I met today renewed my enthusiasm for the future. The owners of a retro sweet shop on Worcester's High Street have revealed that they plan for the store what they plan for the store once they retire.
Mr. Sim's oldie sweet shop owners, Michelle and Mark Rasdale, have announced they will be retiring after Christmas. The owners said they are in the middle of negotiating with a sweet-loving family who is hoping to take over their shop next year. Although the owners are excited to share their Christmas treats with their customers... A spokesperson for Mr. Sims' old sweet shop said, Lots of customers in the last few days have been asking when we're retiring and when will the shop close. Well, we hope we have some lovely news for you very, very soon. If all goes well with continuing negotiations, 97A High Street will be home to a new sweet-loving family after Christmas. So don't despair. Your favourite fudge, licorice and all 1,200 types of sweets should be available for many years to come. Until then, we have some stunning Christmas stock arriving in two weeks' time for our elves to start working their magic on. The couple is looking to retire and spend more time with their family. The business has been providing tasty treats for the last four years and has become a favourite sweet shop for sweet lovers on their visit to the city centre. Mrs Rasdall said, It was always our intention to stay here for five years with a view to selling the business as a going concern so that our many lovely and loyal customers could continue to get a welcoming customer experience and have endless football discussions with Mark too. We are ideally placed on the high street just off of Cathedral Square and the city's restaurant hub near the cathedral and the Guildhall. According to Michelle and Mark, the business has had the business year, busiest year yet um, and it is hoped that new owners will be able to build the business even further. Before becoming Mr Sims' Audi sweet shop, the, the building used to be the Learning Box, which was owned by Heart of Worcestershire College. The location was used for students completing hairdressing qualifications. A Worcester man is starring in a television advert for a national charity. Simon Wintcup is one of six people featured in an ad for Parkinson's UK that is being shown on ITV. The 41-year-old was diagnosed with Parkinson's seven years ago after noticing a tremor in his hand. He would also shuffle his feet, stumble a lot and have restless legs at night. At the time, Simon worked in a high-pressure job and continued to do so until two years ago when the pandemic um, arrived. He decided to apply for ill-health retirement. Since then, Simon has opened up a local group who, like him, are having living with young onset Parkinson's. It was a great honour to be asked to be part of the Parkinson's UK advert as it demonstrates the wide age range of those affected. Parkinson's can affect you in many different ways and sometimes without warning. When I was first diagnosed with Parkinson's I thought it was a condition for older people, not my age group. Charity helped me process um, the shock of Parkinson's diagnosis. I was able to process such a, sh a shock diagnosis through the work and information available to me through the Parkinson's UK website. This helped me to understand how the condition may progress and also um, had useful information for my family and friends and employer. The advert was first broadcast on Monday during the final episode of The Suspect, which stars Aidan Turner as a psychologist who has recently been diagnosed with the condition and is involved with the murder case. It will next be shown during Paxman. 
sorry, uh, during Paxman, putting up with Parkinson's, a documentary in which broadcaster Jeremy Paxman reflects on life with the condition 18 months after his diagnosis. The documentary will air from 9pm on Tuesday on ITV. Juliet Tizard, Director of External Relations with Parkinson's UK, says, We just couldn't miss the opportunity of Parkinson's featuring in a TV drama and a high-profile documentary. With this often misunderstood condition firmly in the spotlight, we wanted to let people with Parkinson's and their loved ones know how that Parkinson's UK is here to help and support them. Um, A cricket item here, Um, Worcestershire County Cricket Club have said goodbye to Moeen Alley after 16 years at New Road. The all-rounder's contract expired this week and he has already announced he will be rejoining Warwickshire, the club where he started his career. Ed Barnard and Tom Fell have also left Worcestershire with the former set to join Moeen at Edgebuston. In a tribute shared on social media, Worcestershire said Moeen had given immense service to Worcestershire and played a major role in some of our finest days, including captaining the Rapids to our 2018 Vitality Blast win. Moeen scored more than 13,000 runs and took more than 300 wickets for the pairs across all formats as well as representing England in 64 tests, 121 ODIs and 59 IT20s during his time at Worcestershire. Mo has become one of the cricketers whose example, both on and off the field, has inspired many across the world, the club said. We honour him for that and for everything he has done at Worcestershire and we wish him all the best for the rest of his career. Moeen is preparing for the T20 World Cup in Australia after leading England to a series victory in Pakistan. He has ruled out a return to playing test matches following a conversation with England coach Brendan McCullum. Barnard, who made his Worcestershire debut back in 2013, leaves the county after scoring 3,753 first-class runs and taking 260 first-class wickets at an average of 29.53. Ed's figures in one-day and T20 cricket are equally impressive, but what mattered most to the crowds at New Road was his commitment to the cause, said Worcestershire in a statement. He has shared in our successes, the promotion years and the Vitality Blast triumph in 2018 and been with us on the tough days too. Fell, who also started his pair's career in 2013, played nearly 100 first-class games for Worcestershire and scored six centuries, racking up more than a 1,000 runs in 2015 alone. A couple born and bred in Worcester have celebrated their 65th wedding anniversary. Lionel Buswell, born in 1931, and his wife Heather Buswell, Nee Drew, born in 1935, were married on September 28, 1957, at All Saints Church in Worcester City Centre. 
The couple have two children, Clive and Jenny, and three grandchildren who are in their 20s. They went to the wagon wheel in Grimley for dinner together to celebrate their milestone. Clive Buswell has shared details of his parents' lives together through the last 65 years. He said that Mrs Buswell lived around Lower Broadheath until her mother passed away unexpectedly when Heather was quite young. She and her brother David Drew were placed in the orphanage on Henwick Road by their father for a number of years. They attended St Clement's School and then Worcester Grammar School. After moving to Lysinton, back with her father, Mrs Buswell worked at Midland Bank in Broad Street before and after she was married until her son was born in 1962. Heather was a dinner lady at Henwick Grove <coughs> Infant School for 30 years. She was a member of Hallow WI for 50 years and sang in the choir. Heather also was a volunteer in the WRVS and worked with families that needed support. Mr Buswell lived on Bransford Road as a child. He attended the Open Air School and Christopher Whitehead School. He worked at the power station for a while, interrupted by National Service. And he, then he moved to work at Mag's Clothes Retailers in the Shambles. In the early 1960s, Mr Buswell was appointed as manager of the young man shop, also in the Shambles. In the early 1970s, he opened Modern Man, and this remained open until his retirement, along with his sister shop, along with a sister shop in Hereford. Mr. Buswell was a keen singer and sang with All Saints Church Choir as a boy treble and as an adult, later singing with St. John's and St. Clement's churches. He also sang with the Worcester Festival Choral Society. A woman who had her garden flooded with sewage has been overwhelmed by a kind gesture made by a Seven Trent Water employee. Lindsay Bennett's garden was flooded with sewage last week, leaving a foul odour throughout the house and ruining her daughter's memorial garden. Miss Bennett says she has suffered from nightmares and panic attacks following the flooding, but a Seven Trent Water employee took Miss Bennett shopping to help replace what had been damaged during the flooding. Lindsay said, I'm not well at all, but I was overwhelmed with the kind gesture from Seven Trent Water. One of them took me shopping and bought me some items that were destroyed by the flooding. They even bought my cat, Tinkerbell, a new outdoor cat bed and a tunnel. I was speechless. Miss Bennett said Jason Snow from Seven Trent Water also offered to help put the memorial garden for her late daughter Emily back to normal as well. <coughs> she said the man even offered to put Cotswold stone around the memorial <coughs> garden for me before I put the lights in. He said that when he has the time and it's a dry day he would more than happily come and help me. I am just so overwhelmed with everything and what everyone has done for me. Another member of the public also reached out to the Worcester News to offer his assistance in, sh in sorting out the garden for Miss Bennett. The sewage was first noticed by Miss Bennett on Monday morning when she was letting her cat outside. Before long, the water rose had entirely covered her lawn and also a memorial garden to Lindsay's daughter. Um, this was Emily, who died um, a year ago. 
Visible remnants of toilet paper could be found floating in the inch-deep brown, stagnant water. Due to the severity of the flooding, Miss Bennett could not even walk to the memorial garden to rescue flowers and trinkets. Jason Snow, um, Worcester and Gloucester catchment lead from Seven Trent, have worked for the company for over three decades and they said they were happy to help. I've worked at Seven Trent for 31 years every day doing my best to help customers and of all the thousands of people I've helped in that time I was really taken by Miss Bennett's situation, he said. I just wanted to do the right thing and genuinely hope our gesture will help Miss Bennett. A suspected drug dealer's car was ripped apart after police swooped in a sudden strike making three arrests. In dramatic scenes, officers cornered the suspected drug dealers in a silver Volkswagen Golf at Sheriff Street Industrial Estate at 8am on Tuesday morning. The unmarked black BMW, part of a convoy of police vehicles, sped in behind them, blocking off all chance of escape as officers rushed towards the vehicle, one detective taking hold of a hooded passenger. Within seconds, the suspects, shock still visible on their faces, were surrounded. All morning, officers kept tabs on the movements of the suspected dealers, believed to be bringing Class A drugs, including heroin and crack cocaine, into Worcester from the West Midlands as part of a county lines operation. The suspects were from Wensbury and West Bromwich. Officers shouted, there's two in the back, and hands, hands, as the three suspects were quickly surrounded. Plain clothes and uniform officers rushed in to handcuff the suspects and prevent the loss or hurried disposal of any evidence. Some officers had glass hammers for cracking their way into the car, but in the end they were not necessary. The suspects did not put up a fight. One was told by officers he would be stripped searched back at the station, only to reply, you can do it here if you want. DI Dave Knight of Proactive CID said that drugs bring misery to the people of Worcester and repeated his team's commitment to put the dealers out of business. The three suspects, two aged 20 and one aged 18, were initially arrested on suspicion of being concerned in the supply of Class A drugs. A search of the car began and the drugs ultimately found in the roof lining after veteran West Mercia officer DC Alex Pullen followed a hunch and pulled out a bag containing the drugs. Officers described the drugs found as a large amount of suspected heroin and crack cocaine. However, tests will have to be performed on the seized hall at Worcester Police Station in Castle Street before detectives can be certain. A suspected dealer line phone, the mobile believed to be used to organise and advertise the sale of drugs, was also seized. A Worcester radio station has relaunched with an old name but new faces as the original broadcasters pass on the torch. Radio Wyvern returned to the air after being closed in 2012 and turned into Free Radio, which was run from Manchester. 
Youthcom Radio has rebranded as Radio Wyvern on the 40th anniversary of the station's original launch. Paul Ellery said three years of planning have led up to the moment of official rebranded. Mr Ellery said the Wyvern name is iconic because it was one of the first local radio stations to come on the air. When the name disappeared from Worcester and in so many towns and cities across the country, local radio has disappeared and has been replaced by what they call crazy national stations. We brought the Radio Wyvern back because one of our shareholders at Youthcom, now Wyvern, was an original member of the team setting up Wyvern. We have the original launch team here today. I used to go to Bishop Perone's school and my school was opposite Wyvern. My dream was always to work at Wyvern and I got to do seven years at Wyvern from 2004 to 2011 and I loved my time there. For me to bring back my childhood dream is a huge accomplishment. For one day only, the original Radio Wyvern broadcasters Sammy Southall, 67, Mike George, 77 and Rob Yarnold, 81 returned to the studio to welcome the station's return and to pass the torch along to the 21-year-old Owen Lowe. The original trio of broadcasters reminisced on the nerves they felt on their first day at Radio Wyvern. Mr Southall said, We have come back together today to get the station into a kick start into the 20s i just think it's amazing that the station has come around again and its unique moment in history is here today 40 years to the day in the minutes that the same person has opened the same named radio station i'm giving them a little bit of my voice to wish them on their way just for today the Mayor of Worcester, Adrian Gregson, came along to support the event. He said, it's an exciting place here at Wyvern. A dad therefore celebrated his milestone 80th birthday by taking on a scary stunt he has always dreamed of doing. Peter Beachley's family chipped in to fulfil his birthday wish of doing a wheelie on a motorbike track. Mr Beachy lives in Shawley but spent most of his life living on Hallow Road. His family were thrilled to be able to help him to achieve his goal. Mr Beachy's daughter, Nikki, who lives in Barbourne, said, It was lovely to see my dad going, um, what, doing what he wanted to do for his birthday. Months beforehand, my sister Nita and I had arranged a party and surprise visit to where he was on the day... Um, which was where he came from in Cornwall. He had told us before that he didn't want any presents, but if he wanted to get him something, then a motorbike wheelie day he would love. The whole family contributed towards it. He has two daughters, three grandsons, two nephews, one sister and their respective partners. I had to clear it with the wheelie school as I was unsure (laughs) if his age would um, prevent him from doing it. They were initially concerned, as I imagine not all 80-year-olds are as able as he is, but after a chat about him riding a motorbike all his life and even still doing bike tours around Scotland and European ones um, when he could, they said OK. During and after the experience last Saturday, he was buzzing with joy and liked it so much he wants to go back to have another soon. It might have to wait for his Christmas present now. 
he did what to, didn't want me to have to go to, but I wanted to be there, and it's um, decided that, that um, you, I could go. I had originally booked the wheelie day for the 10th of September 2022, but it was postponed due, due to the Queen's death, as the airfield was closed. Instead of the original um, book day, my dad and I went out for a 50-mile ride on our motorbikes, something we do occasionally when I get time. The adventurous father and daughter pair have also been in a plane for a flying lesson together, a birthday present for Miss Beachy's 50th birthday. Floral tributes have been laid at the site of a fatal crash. A 46-year-old man from Wales died following a crash between a motorbike and a car earlier in the week. The two vehicles collided at the junction of Henwick Road and Oldbury Road shortly before 2pm on Monday, October the 3rd. Since then, more than a dozen bouquets have been left at the scene. Now West Mercia Police are looking to speak with anyone who may have witnessed the crash. A spokesperson said, Did you see a collision in Worcester around 2pm on Monday, October the 3rd? A green Seat collided with a black motorbike. A 46-year-old man from Ferryside died after the incident at the junction of Henwick Road and Albury Road. Uh, they were closed for several hours while emergency services dealt with the incident. A spokesperson from West Midlands Ambulance Service said at the time, we were called to reports of a collision between a car and motorbike at the junction of Albury Road and Henwick Road at 1.55pm. We had three ambulances, a paramedic officer and the Midlands Air Ambulance from Strencham in attendance and were untreated three patients. Electric vehicles are on the rise, which means the need for electric vehicle infrastructure continues to increase too. But where can you find them? Worcester has a number of electric car charging points, partly driven by the City Council's bid for Worcester to become carbon neutral by 2030. There are two rapid vehicle charge points on Level 2 of the Crowngate Shopping Centre and 12 charging points on the ground floor of St Martin's Gate Car Park. Six 50 kilowatt rapid charging points and six 22 kilowatt fast charging points. The Asda car park in Silver Street has an EV charging space that is part of the BP Pulse network. There are further BP Pulse charging spaces at the University of Worcester's Riverside campus in Hilton Road and St John's campus in Henwick Grove. Elsewhere in St John's there are EV spaces at Motorline High and Die in Bromyard Road at Taylor's Wimpy's New Kensington Gate development. In the north of the city you can charge your electric car at Lidl in Droitwich Road at the Blackpool Inn in Blackpool Road and at the Warnden Community Centre in Shap Drive. There are BP Pulse electric charging points at Waitrose in London Road and just up the road there are Osprey changing charging places at the Oak Apple Pub. The MFG Nunnery Park services off the A440 Nunnery Way also offer EV charging as does Tesco in St Peter's and the Swan at Whittington. Outside the city there is electric vehicle charging available at Stanbrook Abbey in Callowend at Worcestershire's Parkway train station, Norton Parish Hall and at Ulster Road Services and Toast Flyford on the A422.
in Droitwich, the only charging points listed on zapmap.com are at Waitrose in Salt Way. And that story brings us to the end of this week's recording. Time has run out, so it remains for me, Elizabeth Hill, to thank the team, Barry Hurd, Kate Hudman and Sue Perry. Um, and I will just remind you that after the music, the obituaries and thought for the day will follow. So from all of us, goodbye and have a good week. Bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. And here are the obituaries been, uh, that have been announced in the last week. Um, Margaret Rose Jeffries of Claines passed away on the 15th of September. Funeral service at Claines Church on Monday the 10th at 12.15pm, followed by private committal at Uswood Cemetery. Donations, if desired, for Alzheimer's Society can be left in church or sent to E.J. Gumry and Son. 6870 Ombersley Road, Worcester, WR37EU. David Murphy of Doverdale Park, Droitwich, passed away the 20th of September. Funeral service will be at the Vale Crematorium at 3pm on Monday the 10th of October. Donations to Worcestershire Royal Hospital, Avon, Ward 4. John Howard passed away at Derby Royal Hospital. Um, his funeral service will be uh, at Worcester Crematorium on Tuesday the 11th of October at 2.30pm. Floral tributes to Co-op Funeral Care, 17 Lowesmore, Worcester, WR12RS. Also on the 11th of October will be the funeral of Sandra Ann Richardson, formerly of Kay's passed away suddenly on the 12th of September. So her funeral will be at Worcester Crematorium uh, on Tuesday the 11th of October at 1.45pm. Donations for St Richard's Hospice or Worcestershire Animal Rescue Shelter can be left at the crematorium or sent to EJ Gumry and Son. Details as before. Wendy Jean Ward, née Turner, passed away on the 20th of September. A celebration of her life will be held at the Vale Crematorium, Fladbury, on Tuesday the 11th of October at 2pm. Uh, donations for St Richard's Hospice and, and Macmillan Nurses sent care of Bedwardine Funeral Services, 30 Bromyard Road, St John's Worcester, WR two five B T telephone Worcester seven four double eight double one. Meron Anthony uh, passed away on the ninth of September. Her funeral service uh, will be on Wednesday, the twelfth of October, at St John in Bedwardine Church at two p.m., followed by a private family committal. Donations, if desired, can be sent to um, https 
colon forward slash forward slash donate dot give as you live dot com forward slash fundraising forward slash remembering Meron and her name spelling is M E R R E N inquiries to AV band funeral directors St John's telephone Worcester nine four seven two seven two on the 13th of October is the funeral of Brenda Layton of Barbon, who passed away on the 26th of September. The 13th of October at Worcester Crematorium at 12.15pm will be her service. Donations for Dementia UK can be left on the collection plate or sent to EJ Gumry in some detail as before. Ayla Bonnet passed away the 31st of August. Funeral at Worcester Crematorium Monday, October 17th at 2.30pm. Donations for Friends of Worcester Cathedral or Laslett's Almshouse Charity. Inquiries to Emma Booston Funeral Services. That's 3 New Road, Bromyard, HR7 4AH. And the telephone number there is 01885 John Hayden passed away the 21st of September. Service uh, will be at St Stephen's Church on the 17th of October at 1.30pm. That's Droitwich Road. Donations for the British Heart Foundation, care of Jackson Family Funeral Directors, 54 to 56 Barbourne Road, Worcester, WR1 1JA. And finally, Ernest Thomas Albert Wanklin passed away the 12th of September. Funeral service will be held at St Peter's Church, Droitwich, on Tuesday, the 18th of October at 10:30 a.m. Donations uh, to St Richard's Hospice. Um, no funeral director mentioned there. And that concludes um, the announcements for the past week. Thoughts and prayers go out to all of those who have lost loved ones recently. And conclude with a thought for the day, which is taken from Romans chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities... His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened.